Well, I think that's a good point because it's very possible that the, the problem that they're trying to solve lies in a specific market. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, they could be the same, but I would still start <laughs> with the user persona. And then as you grow, then I would segment even that even further um, okay. to, you know, maybe even segment them by behaviors, perhaps could be a market segment. Okay. Or a purchasing preference. Yep. Product Growth Leaders proudly presents the Business of Product Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello everybody, Grant Hunter here for another Product Growth Leaders topic of the week. This week we're talking about personas and market segments. Are they the same? Are they different? Which is harder? So. With us on our panel today, along with my partner, Steve Johnson and me, Grant Hunter, we have, well, he's pushing Steve for the, you know, been on as many calls, Jason Vincelet. Uh, and we've got three newcomers who are starting to make a run to become regulars. We've got Rob Barkman, Calvin Marshall, and Joy. Joy, what's your last name again? McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Joy McCaffrey. Each of them have been on in the past couple of weeks. Each of them has made incredibly great observations that have actually probably made me change my mind and opinion on stuff. So we can't wait to get their thoughts on market segments and personas. So to start out, we're going to go right to our question from Monday. And woohoo, I don't know if Jason remembers he said that Jason was first to answer. He was so excited he got back in, in my good graces. The question was, which is more valuable, personas or market segments? And outside of his celebration, the woohoo, he said it, it could be a depends and not the adult diapers, but it depends. Uh, but he would say market segmentation is more valuable to the product and business strategy. Understanding markets where you would make, would better serve gives the business a starting point to nail down the buyer, influencer, and user personas in that market that can address further details in the product and marketing strategy. If you start with personas, you may be addressing problems with a persona group that is not part of the market segment the business is strategically going after, and that could lead to huge gaps further down the line. Of course, best practice would be to pepper in some persona validation during the market segmentation process. Jason, my quick follow-up question to that is, do you see personas and market segments as clearly separate things? Uh... I I believe um I do. You believe oh, shouldn't you, do not, you got me thinking about that, but do yeah, or I do actually not. Do. There is no believe do. I okay. <laughs> um, I do. <laughs> yes, Yoda. So yes. Okay, because John Gatrell had followed up and said, "I see them as a one-to-one -one equivalent, especially for buyer personas." You may be able to make the dis distinction for user personas, but only sometimes. So Jason is right, it depends. Now, Steve, this is a conversation you and I have had myriad 
times over the past five or more years. Where's your head on this right now? Well, I certainly think for product managers uh, in, in, well, in working with development teams, personas are meaningful and market segments are a waste of time. Um, however, I've also found uh, marketing teams who share their personas with the sales team invariably regret it because the sales team is like, you know, you say the person is 44 years old, but the one I talked to yesterday was 45 years old, so you must be wrong. Um, but I, it just seems to me as I, in particular, as I work with, uh, products, all of that demographic stuff is irrelevant to decisions that you make in terms of what products to build. What is much more relevant is what is their technical ability? You know, um, wh uh, what products do they use? What, uh, um, what, well, what jobs are they trying to get done? What pains are they having achieving that? You know, what are the gains that they hope to get? All of that is much more meaningful to me than uh, the typical traditional demographics, which uh, market segments tend to be all about uh, demographics rather than shared sets of problems. I, I, and Steve, as we've had, talked about it, I've sort of come around to it. I, I went to Penn State for my MBA and I had a professor named Stu Byther uh, who was brilliant and did a lot of work with companies on market segmentation and, and that type of stuff. He, he's been a, a source for a book that came out last year called Grassroots Strategy. And they used his definition. He said, a, as a basic definition, segments are groups of customers that share similar need hierarchies. That is, they want and will pay for similar things. And all of a sudden, when I hear that definition, it makes me start thinking that personas and market segments are one in the same. Joy, you answered, I think it depends on the company and the product. Uh, for startups and for new products, I think you need to start with a persona. And as you grow, you segment the markets. From that perspective, I think personas are more important. So you've added this layer to it where it starts with a persona, and then you can start looking at similar adjacent segments that have maybe similar, similar needs. It may be a different industry or region, but you're solving the same, you know, as, as Stu Bither said, uh, similar need hierarchies and we'll want and pay for the same things. Whether you're a pest company or a lawn care company, you have a similar need for the route scheduling and that type of stuff. Is that what you were you meaning when you said your answer? And not pest control specifically, but. <laughs> I've always thought of them as two, two separate steps. Okay. And maybe it's because I've worked with so many startups, but I feel like market segmentation takes things a, a step further. So I think it's important for new product development and startups to start with user personas. And then as they grow, then you get into market segmentation. So that's how I've always viewed them. And when you said persona, you, were you meaning user persona or do, were you meaning buyer persona? Or both, we're just using both. it interchangeably. Okay. Both, both. I know, uh, the, but yeah, user and buyer. Well, it's the problem you're solving for the buyer persona. It's the how you solve it for the, you know, the, the value you get from the user persona. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I love the segments of it sort of gets the sort of Steve, uh, not Steve Covey, uh, Jeffrey Moore bowling alley approach, right? Where you solve one problem for one group of people and then you find adjacent segments and you, you know, can create your bowling pins. Uh, and I didn't say that very elegantly. Calvin, I was about to go to you right when you were raising your hand. I, I was almost beat you. You know, I, 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 
you you may find that if I don't respond to something, you know, but maybe I'll, I'll like some, you know, I'll like a, a response is because I'm struggling and trying to get my head around that. And I think, you know, what Steve had said and then what 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 Joy had had echoed as well is that segments address more the the demographics where or, or personas um, get at the problem that's trying to be that's trying to be solved but it may be that there are a number of, of different segments and when and there's you know typically it's not like you're, you're creating seven or eight or 17 different personas so I, I mean I wonder if personas may be more valuable in, in an 80-20 or a 60-40 type of situation where you're dealing with some customers, you know, or, or a certain problem that most customers, but maybe not all customers have. And that the segmentation gets at some of those outliers that perhaps may have unique issues or concerns that personas may not cover. So, you know, you, market segmentation, it seems like in the way most people are talking about now, when we go to geography or industry or size of company or something like that, is good for being able to size it, right? How, how many potential customers are there? If we just say, hey, this person has this need and we don't put any confines around within what type of industry or size of company, whatever, how do you come up with a Tam Sam song, right? You can't really size it. And how do you direct marketing to come up with a message. So Jason, now I'm, I'm starting to sort of come towards your side as are they different things, but you need to do both of them, right? They both have a role. Anita said, it depends on who you ask. Conversations between product development might revolve around personas while conversations between product and marketing might deal more with market segmentation. Uh, another way to look at it is that a persona gets more attention during discovery and planning and market segmentation gets more attention during launch is market segmentation built from personas. And so it's sort of getting along that, are they the same or are they different? Rob Barkman, you've been awful quiet. I'd love to get your take uh, on where your head is on this right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in Joyce camp. Uh, I, I think, and that's just because of the uh, working with startups. I, I think it starts with the personas, but eventually at some point in time, as you grow through that, you're gonna to have to start looking at it from a market segmentation. In fact, if you wanna grow the product at all, you have to do what you're saying. You go look at the adjacents, right? So I've got a, a software company that does uh, wealth management planning, right? So one of their sides of wealth management planning is they have a operation or a platform that directly works with an advisor, right? The other side of it is, well, they're working with large programs or large scale products where there's really no advisor involved, right? Same platform, different users, but also very different market segments and buyer personas on how you go that. They started with the advisor platform and then grew out and saw what they could do adjacent. So I think market segmentation are two separate things. And I think you end up growing through uh, personas on, on those things. Steve, I'm trying to agree with you. And yet what I heard you just say was that we have two kinds of buyer personas, those who use advisors and those who don't. That feels to me like two buyer personas. That doesn't feel like market segments to me. Well, on the, on the market segmentation though, it's who you're, okay, two buyer personas agreed, yes. But on the segmentation of it, when I say looking at that, 
on the advisor side, you're going to go after a larger firm, right? It's a bigger firm, larger subset. On the non-advisor side, you're going after the robo type uh, group, which is a smaller, could be startup type thing. Mm -hmm. All financial services, but different, all wealth management, but different segments of wealth management is what I would look at. A question that gives you a target for marketing purposes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where we're going, right? Is market segmentation helps you figure out the target uh, to, to Grant's point, how big is the opportunity, right? But then the buyer, uh, the buyer and the user personas help you drive to solve the problem. Cool. Joy and Rob, I've got a question for you to start. I've, I've done some work with startups as an advisor where my problem was they had a persona and not a market segment. So they were trying to be all things to all people. But then there's other ones where they come in specifically, somebody comes from an industry. That's where the pest management was a former client. And they're very narrowly focused on the industry. So they've really defined the market segment because that's where they came from. And the persona they define sort of live within that market segment. Do you see that those are sort of, that happens sometimes where somebody tries to be broad and their persona is everybody, every industry, they don't get specific to a use case. Or do you find that, you know, I, I, I get this is me trying to explore my my thinking. Well, I think that's a good point because it's very possible that the, the problem that they're trying to solve lies in a specific market. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, they could be the same, but I would still start <laughs> with the user persona. And then as you grow, then I would segment even that even further um, okay. to you know, maybe even segment them by behaviors, perhaps could be a market segment. Okay. Or a purchasing preference. Yep. But you know, uh, to, to run on Grant's point there, in the case of like, say education, teachers are teachers. It doesn't matter whether they are working in private schools or public schools or military schools. And I think, to, you know, Grant's opening line there was if you come out of public school, you would say, ah, my market segment is public school. And yet the problems that you solve for teachers would be the same problems that you would solve for public for private school teachers and military academy teachers. So the persona in that instance is bigger than the market segment. Uh, actually. And I'm going to counter that. I've done work with McGraw-Hill Higher Education, and they said a professor has this problem, right? They're doing your typical, you know, problem story with the who the persona. Mm -hmm. And I said, wait, let, let me ask you a question. Is it all professors or is it just tenured professors? Or is it actually just adjunct professors? So depending on where you are, the relationships people have, the problem they were solving was really for a TA who was teaching and adjunct professors who are on a contract basis, not the tenured guy who doesn't worry about if his reviews are good. So even within that, just because it's public schools doesn't mean there's not different personas for those people. And those personas <laughs> might cut across. So, Joy? Oh, I mean, you're going into talking not just about personas, but in the environment those personas exist and how that environment is different per industry, organization, geography, and this is what Steve was getting to with the, the buying processes, the, the compliance, regulatory, the all I see all those things as kind of market segmentation um, as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it, you know, that the teacher thing is a very, very good example of that. You may be some, an organization that can really provide a benefit to the value in a 
public school system, but in a private school system, maybe not because there's other factors at work that may not be complementary or, or even work with uh, against what your solution is there, yeah. regardless of the persona and the problem that you're solving. So I think it just expands it. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about Roger Martin. He had written a, a piece on it's better to be a small, a big fish in a smaller pond than a small fish in a bigger pond. And maybe that's where this comes together, right? If you are the leader, you don't your persona and market segment can be one of the same because it's huge, right? Where when you're a follower and you need to redefine your market, your persona, that's where you may get into some of the. I'm the I'm the person. We're the product for the person who is willing to invest in ABC and considers quality as an important factor, right? So how do you redefine that? I think that's where personas and market segments may come closer together when you're going down to that you know, segmentation level. Calvin, you, you, you made this point about how sometimes you just like stuff because you're thinking about it. We've been talking about it. I've been waffling <laughs> going back. And so I even think Steve acknowledged that they might be separate things. Where's your head? Probably the same place. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like, you know we're, we're kind of talking, you know, and, and I shouldn't say talking around it, but I mean, I think, you know, I think, I think it goes back to what, what Jason said at the outset. It really, you know, I think we, we kind of in various ways touched upon it that it really, you know, it, it really depends. And I mean, I started thinking about, you know, what, what I had said where, you know, we're looking at maybe 60% of a market you know, it's covered by by the persona by the personas. But if you you know look at the edges, you know those edges still may be a huge, um, you know, segment that we still need to you know to you know to potentially address. So I mean, I'm it. I still think it just it really depends on. Uh, he, he's going all in and on the on the. It depends, isn't he? I, I I'm okay with that. I, I I think I'm there too. Rob, did you have something to say? Yeah, I was about to say Cal, Calvin's making a good point though, and kind of pile on to your point too, Grant. Earlier is that so if the edges are important and you're a follower, then do you just run into the niche, right? Do you try mm -hmm. to go get the edges, right? If you know you can't win the, the overall game, so I, I think your point's valid on that, Grant. Is that you know, if you're the if you're the leader, yeah, there's definitely a big, <laughs> big place to play, and it, it might be all one and the same. But if you're the follower, then you look for those edges and see if you can differentiate and get mm -hmm. make it a segment itself, right? Yeah, and <laughs> you're segmenting a persona, right? You're right, creating exactly. A based on the to create a market, right? Yeah, basically. When I do this with my clients, when I'm advising them, I I tend to start with a persona. Uh, what do they value? What are their motivations? You know, what are their under undermet needs, right? And how those how do those align with the differentiation? But then, under that, we'll start hitting market segmentation, whether it's industry or geography or size, because you need that information to go to market. You, you, you know, there is not a trade magazine for your persona. There's a trade magazine for the industry or market that they're in. So how do you reach those people? So part of it's where you go and how you reach those people. I, I'd like to. Before we leave this question, I'm going to just sort of do a quick pivot on it and say, which is more valuable to the organization, a good buyer persona or a good user persona? Buyer. If you can't get past the buyer, there are no users. 
is true. <laughs> but if you don't get to the users, you get no renewal. Well, it's also true. So you're in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you show the product and the user persona doesn't fit, then the buyer is going to walk away and say, hey, the tool didn't work or the product didn't fit. Right. So, you know, Alvin, nothing happens until something isn't purchased, until something's purchased. Right. You know, nothing. I mean, I, I realized pretty quickly when I had struck out on my own a few, you know, a few years ago. Many, 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 many. Oh, nothing happens until something, yeah, until somebody says, I want to buy this. You know, so, so I think, I mean, to Joy's point, it's like buying, I think buying is the most important. Steve? Um, I'm going to have to reject the question. Uh, <laughs> that was an that first. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he's going to answer it. So. Yeah, you can't build a product without understanding who you're building it for. You can't sell a product until you understand why they're buying it. You need both. Uh, and it's, it's like those organizations that say, well, you know, sales is the most important department because that's where the money comes from. And I'm like, well, you can't get any money if you don't have a product. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like you, you can't just say, oh, Sales is all that matters. You know, they've got to have something to sell, right? Um, develop, but we've also seen companies that like, you know, the Silicon Valley companies that say, well, we don't worry about it selling anything. We just build cool stuff and see if we can get anybody dumb enough to use it. And then we artificially inflate our user count and then we dump it on some VC before they figure out that nobody actually, you know, comes back once they've downloaded it. But uh, they tend, my rant, I'm sorry. Uh, they, Where's they, your rant button, Steve? On the, <laughs> yeah, hang on. Anyway, there we go. They tend to focus on the user and ignore the buyer. And uh, a lot of other companies tend to focus on the buyer instead of the user. And the answer is you've got to do both. I, to, to, and this is me trying to get precise with you. Which do you think, or which audience do you think needs more help? Development designers need more help on user persona or marketing and sales need more help on buyer persona. I'm sorry, I, didn't I still reject. I still oh. reject. <laughs> because they, they, the persona solves the same problem for both teams though. In the absence of a persona, developers program to themselves and their parents. Yep. In the absence of a persona, marketing does the same. They write for themselves or their parents. And if we can't give them a writing target, a composing target, somebody that they are trying to communicate with, then they write, they assume they're the buyer and, and they never are. So it, it really comes down to, it depends, which, you know, depending on the company you're in, there may be a more of a need on one side or the other. And that said, I will agree with you sort of in a negative way. Uh, the guys at Basecamp said, we reject the whole persona thing because we only build products that we use. Mm -hmm. And the net is, I mean, I think a lot of development utilities are invented by developers who needed that utility, but guess what? They are the persona, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But most of us don't have the kind of company where we say, well, we're building a product that only we would use. And the issue is, with that, they're also the ones who don't believe that product management is a business or strategic role. Good point. They think so, of product management is reading aloud from JIRA to the developers. 
and, and doing that type of stuff. Anybody, any last takes on this opening question, which was, hold on one second. I'm trying to be good. I don't have Steve's uh, thing. Which is more valuable, personas or market segments? So didn't nope. we that? I, no, that was it. I said any last takes before we move forward. Ah. And I don't think there are any last takes. So we're going to move to our poll question, which was, which is hardest to define well? Market segments, buyer personas, user personas, it depends, or other. And uh, wait, let me go back to OBS and bring me back up. I'm trying to get more nimble at this, Steve. There you go. There we go. Uh, we had a pretty good poll. Market segments actually was the lead. Three market segments, one for buyer personas and two for it depends. Jason, I didn't give him instructions to give his reasoning if he picked one of the first three, yet Jason came in and gave his rationale. I picked market segments. Do you define it based on where you are or where you want to be strong? Do you use a bell curve and forget about the what about this client argument to avoid being in every segment? I think many companies don't do this well because they usually don't want to avoid opportunities and segments that may not be in their core or goal segment. So don't bother defining them. Perhaps that's just my experience. So you're saying sometimes companies avoid it because they want to be all things to all people. Yeah. Once you start talk going down that track, I feel like they are immediately, this is a good thing, but I think they think it's a bad thing. They're immediately saying no to things that may not be in their, to opportunities that may not be in their segment. Yeah. And, and nobody wants to say no to potential revenue. And then what, I, what I'm seeing, and I don't have really good market segmentation where I, where I currently am. And what we're seeing is that everybody, everybody in the organization that has any kind of influence has their own idea of what the market segmentation is. And then everybody kind of goes after what they feel should be the market for the organization because the organization didn't take the time to actually do that segmentation. Makes sense. I, I, I completely get it. I, I, I actually did answer, it depends, as you can see. <clears throat> I said it really depends on how you define personas and market segments, which was that first part of this conversation. I've always said market segmentation is a mess at almost every company I've worked with in two years ago, so I would have said market segmentation clearly. It's a Goldilocks problem. Many are too broad, some are too focused, and not many are just right. Uh, but I, as I said, I'm coming around to persona-based segmentation. Uh, but I still see value for the market segmentation under that. I think if you understand the personas, you can see where there may be market segments those people fit in. And so uh, it, it depends on where you are and how you're using the concept. Uh, Calvin, did you vote on this one? I did not. But you gave it a little heart because it was made you think. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and we're, we're, we're trying to see here if it depends can catch market segments. And what's your take? What's your, your vote? You got to give me a vote. I, you know, that's, it's, I almost went with other. Okay. You know, I just, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Rob Barkman, did you vote? I voted last minute. 
and uh, I went. So you didn't make it into my screen. No, I didn't make it. Yeah. So you would have had one on user personas. One on user personas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the the startup crowd with the user persona is coming in strong. Joy, did you vote? Yes. I think it was market. Market's like <laughs> what? It won, so it's a okay. Good. <laughs> it's good, good chance. Uh, you would have been the other. It depends, and actually, I think it depends was. Uh, Graham, uh, he said, I'm going to pick the pens on where your company is in its product portfolio maturity, which I thought was a nice way to think about it. If you're an infant and you haven't really figured out who, who you are, then trying to figure out who your market is or who your buyer or users are going to be very difficult, right? Which I, I got there. Uh, Dominique Signor from uh, Otis Elevator said, I would venture to say market segment. So if so, I think we've got our three market segments identified. If you didn't do buyer personas, then you're pretty good. I'm pretty sure it's market segments for you, Joy. Uh, the tricky part is to be able to define the market in a granular way that helps define personas. Who's actually the customer and who could be the future customer? The ability to monitor a market segment within industry, identify changes and trends, and apply those insights to the product strategy is key to a successful product management, which makes me now start thinking about market segmentation again, where if you don't have some boundaries around defining the market you play in, not just by the persona, how can you look at, ooh, the supply chain of this company has been messed up because the Suez Canal was closed for a week, right? And what the impact is and, and, and how they're gonna be impacted. Steve, I know you, I know you didn't vote. Um, I'm gonna go with market segments for the reason that Jason said. Um, the whole idea of defining something where there's somebody outside the circle is anathema to most companies. They're like, we want the world. Uh, and yet I find defining buyer and user personas actually relatively easy. Um, and for instance, you know, product managers tend to have the same problems no matter what industry they're in. So we could choose to say, you know, we're going to go, we're going to focus on the needs of software companies. Um, but if we choose to go after the needs of strategic product managers, we actually find ourselves in a much larger market of anybody with a tech enabled product, not just software companies. Um, so for me, I find buyer and user personas vastly easier to define and find market segment very difficult to at least get anybody other than myself on board with. It's interesting because what you just said made me start thinking base level defining market segments in the vertical industry type way. We, you've got NAICS and sick code. There's a whole bunch of ways that people define it. People define it by size of company, people the size the, you know, <laughs> To me, that market segmentation is easy because somebody has done all the work to start cutting stuff, right? You can follow those external research stuff and do that type of stuff. The problem is when you say, okay, I'm getting past just it's this industry and this size of company or the horizontal aspect of it is product management or some function that you're helping with. It's that, how do you get to the next level to start understanding the needs and motivations and what they value and really be getting crisp on that. So I guess bad market segmentation is easy to do. Right. <laughs> well, you know, let me let me jump on that just for a real quick and then turn it over to Calvin here. What you're talking about is it's easy to use secondary research. It's hard to do primary research. I mean, going into 
the you know the SIC codes or or analyst research and just trying to infer from what they learned what you need to know is relatively easy but when you say oh we actually now have to research those markets and their problems and their challenges and their buying practices now you're doing primary research and that for most companies is very difficult well it's yeah. it's, it's the themes of the primary research i think how do you connect the dots when you're across all these people to find those common values and needs and undermet needs and that type of stuff. So it, both the research is hard, but also finding the themes is hard. Calvin. Yeah, I mean, to echo what Steve was saying, and that's kind of where, I mean, I mean it's good that you spoke right before what, where I was gonna jump in. So I realized <laughs> why I, I said I was I said other, because I had to pull up the screen so I could see it a little bit better on my on my other screen here. It's hardest to it was hardest to define well because in the last few companies that I've that I've worked for, you you didn't have product people going out and talking to customers, so we're reliant on sales. So we couldn't really define it with any kind of accuracy because we're depending on sales. Where it's like to to quote Steve, I know a guy who yeah now and so <laughs> so we really didn't get an accurate sense of. of you know, of the of the buyer or user because we weren't taking the time um, doing the primary research. We had secondary yeah. and we had information from sales. And I think um, that's that's the key thing to do any of these well. You have to have primary research. And yeah. my guess is each person's vote and my vote for it depends may switch to market segments. Uh, you know, just so I can be on the winning team after this conversation. <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> uh, it, it, it really comes down to that, that primary research that you have to do, which you have to do for buyer personas and user personas as well, and it can become difficult there. This gets me to our first open-ended question. Uh, why is it so hard to do personas and market segments? Uh, that's a tough question, and I'm going to ask Jason to take a first pass at why is it so hard? Yeah, I think it's very cool. The reason why it's so hard is because we're all very different. So we all have different perspectives based on how we all see the world based on our upbringing and environment and nurturing and all of those aspects. And so to to land on, you know, part, something particularly um, objective when our view on a lot of especially human um, psychological and behaviors and those kind of things are so subjective within okay. a group. And I think that's why it becomes difficult for us to kind of get to an, a certain agreement. I, I like that answer. Calvin, I'm going to give you a chance. You know, I was going with personas. I was, go, I was going to go back to what I just said, because we're, you know, people are just not out there yeah. doing the primary, doing enough primary research. You know, and, and I think Jason's right as well is that you know, as you're talking to, you know, maybe if you are doing primary research, Everybody's different, so it's hard to really bucket people. Um, Why is it? I don't, hard I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I don't see segmentation as difficult, because going back to what Steve said, you know, a half an hour or twenty minutes ago, a lot of that is is more based on on demographics. So it's easier to to measure where personas you're bringing in. You're bringing in more how to solve. You know what problem you're trying to solve and it becomes a different in a sense a different question so i mean i think 
personas are difficult, but I don't think market segments are quite as as difficult. So you're still answering our poll question? Why why is it so hard? Well, no, I mean, the, 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 I mentioned the question that's on the screen. <laughs> I understand, but why is it so hard to do personas? Is it just because you don't have access to those people and you're not going out? And that that's a, probably depends on the company, right? Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think that, that that's part of it. Um, I think that there are, I, I think that for each, for each, if you're out there doing primary research, there, there's, you know, there, uh, different people might say different things. So it's hard to get a real grasp. I mean, you have to spend, a, I think you have to spend a lot more time gathering information in, in order to get to that, you know, that 80, 20 of what the persona would look like. He's finding those trends, finding those similarities across. Yeah, I mean, it just, there's just more, um, I hate to say grunt work, but it's really more work involved in gathering that information. So why is it so hard is partly it depends <laughs> because it depends on where the company is. Steve, you just said on the last one that buyer personas are, per, are easy to, cut, to do. Is that just because you've been in your market long enough that you, you've seen it? You've seen enough as Calvin says. I think so. Uh, you know, I think what Calvin was was kind of fumbling to answer was the overall question is why is it hard? Mm -hmm. Because most companies don't do primary research. Most companies is it seems to me that marketing people hate customers. I mean, they're just like they never want to talk to anybody, but they would love to call Gartner and get a report. <laughs> Right. So and, and so in my experience, I find user and buyer personas really easy because I engage with them all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think for most people, as Calvin was kind of implying, was most people are chained up to their desk in the basement next to Milton and his stapler uh, going, you know, <laughs> I wish I could go outside and see the sun and maybe meet a customer. But it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to me, the number of people I run into who have not seen a customer ever or in the last year. And I, would, I think that's why it's hard. I would, I would slightly disagree in, in, in your I statement that marketing. I agree with you. No, 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 <laughs> just the statement that marketing people don't like that. I think and I just think back to I, I just think back back to some of my experiences at ADP. You know, we're trying to get it, trying to get there, but we couldn't get the budget. Oh, we good point. We couldn't get we couldn't, we couldn't get issue. we couldn't get the budget to do it. You know, so but we I'm, need more we need more promotional crappy crap. We I don't need the time to answer our to figure out what our customers even want. Good point. But I was doing an interview. I mean, I was doing a webinar, and we're talking about, as I recall, it was win loss analysis. Not that it matters, and. One of, uh, one of the people was a VP of marketing communications. And he said, well, what kind of an agency would you use for that? And I'm like, how about you get off your ass and call somebody? <laughs> I mean, how come you are so quick to outsource the one contribution we make to the company? And he's like, wow, dial it down a thousand, you know? But, <laughs> but it, it was just, it was, it, comprehensible to me that his first reaction was let me use an agency for interviewing customers and getting to know my market and that seems more I, that seems more common to me than I think it should 
And I think that, you know, to Calvin's point, a lot of product managers are desperate to get out there and meet customers. And a lot of product marketing managers are as well. And yet if the leadership is like, oh yeah, we can just buy a report. You don't need to go out and do all that tedious getting to know anyone. Uh, and, you know, reading, re reading a book about buying, riding a bike is not nearly as good as learning just actually riding a bike. It's interesting, Steve. I, I had a client, uh, gosh, 20 years ago, uh, helping them strategic planning. And I was, this is, I'm in the strategy team of a multiple hundred million dollar business, which is a division of a Fortune 100 company. And they said, I, we were talking about a product, a new product opportunity. And they said, well, why should we go after that? Gartner doesn't even have a report about it. IDC doesn't have any market sizing for it. I'm like, if Gartner has a report about it and IDC has market sizing, you're too late, right? <laughs> you know, you need to go out and do that type of stuff. Joy, I'd love to get your take on why it's so hard. Uh, so glad that uh, you called on me. Um, <laughs> so, so my answer was going to be, it's not hard. Initially, I was going to say, like Steve, user and buyer personas, I find to be very easy. But after hearing some of these conversations, I'll have to say it depends because the last company that I worked at, the product managers wanted to do uh, customer interviews, voice of customer, but the sales rep said, oh, hell no, you cannot talk to my customer. Um, no. Or they had to be on the call as well, or they had to initiate. I mean, it was, it was not great. So in that sense, you're just making stuff up. <laughs> with the user right. or buyer persona. But the company that I'm working at now, which I just started at on Monday, they're like, we can't wait for you to get started. We're so excited. Um, we want you to do as many customer interviews as possible. Here's a survey we sent out to existing customers and here's their responses they're willing to do. Here's a tool we created where you can look wow. up customers based on the SEC. I mean, so in that sense, it's going to be easy because as Steve said, I'm going to be talking to them. <laughs> and from that, I'm going to build the user buyer persona. I find that to be very easy once I've started talking to people. Now, I also worked at another startup where I wanted to, you know, create some user and buyer personas. And the founders and the sales rep were like, we don't need those. I mean, we know who our customer is. We started this company. And I said, great, tell me. And so each of the founders, I interviewed them. I interviewed the sales reps. And then after they became more comfortable with me, they let me talk to the customers. And basically that was validating that yes, they did know who they were selling to, but I was able to write it down and, and confirm and validate. And then as we grew, look into you know, the segmentations. But so again, just to reiterate, I think user buyer personas are easy if you get to talk to users and buyers. So why is it hard as a culture? It's either sales roadblock in you so you can't get to them or leadership yeah. not valuing it and, and prioritizing yeah. it in, in the roles and responsibilities. Yeah. All right. Rob, any th last thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree uh, with, the, with what everybody's saying. Um, I think one of the other things, too, is the, the flip side of the difficulty to get data. There is a scenario where you have too much data, right? And it just causes this... Uh, analysis with paralysis type things of what report should I be looking at? What report should I go after? And then you get into the user personas and yeah, maybe I interviewed a hundred folks, but hey, 
you know, is that the right hundred? Where, how do we divide them up? What, what are the differences? So on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, the user personas are easier to get to, but, um, but you do have to be careful that there is a scenario where you get too much data and it just uh, paralyzes the team on decision-making if they don't have the right processes and framework in place. Well, you definitely can't give the, your audiences too much data. The key is, can you process it yourself? The way right. I'm looking at it. Yeah. All right, let's get to our next question. That question is, what is your best approach for defining great personas or market segments? So we talked about how that's the easy part, right? Now let's talk about what's the best approach to do that. I'm gonna to go to Jason. So yeah, I mean, I interview really just talking to people, uh, visiting them. Um, I do like talking to them back when we were able to travel. I really, really like to travel because I'm very much into the environment of where they are, not just who they are um, as far as solving problems. And, um, and then, you know, to get to, so that's my best approach. And then to get into the market segments is then to take that information and then look at the environment and where, where are they? Uh, and and then go deeper into um, for what they work and those kind of things, and so that's always well, been not, my approach. It's not just going out there, but you like the observation as well. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Thank you, Grant. <laughs> it looks like Marsh. Uh, looks like we had um, Calvin. Left. Calvin. Calvin left. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, your best approach for defining not just doing the research but defining them. What are the key tools to make it easy for you, or ideas? approaches. Well, I mean, I agree with Jason in terms of interview and observation uh, as a as a tool, right? Yeah. Uh, I've got templates for both that I complete. And, and what I was thinking of when you popped up the question was one of the things that I look for in the at least on the, the marketing side is I think of personas as sharing buying preferences and market segments sharing buying practices. Okay. And that's, like a, that. you know, as I think about, you know, selling to the federal government versus selling to, you know, true Americans, um, uh, they, they buy so differently. I mean, the government buys differently than the military, which buys differently than the, than, you know, business and, and consumers. And I, I think really understanding their procurement process, understanding their buyer's journey really helps me identify really the difference between market segments. So buying practices and, and preferences. Awesome. Joy. Uh, same as Jason and Steve, I mean, the best approach I think is interviews. Um, but along with the interviews, I would say, you know, I have a guide set up beforehand. I've already determined the questions that I'm going to be asking. So consistency. Before. Yes, yes, mostly open-ended, but you know, a couple of yes, no. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'll have a separate Word doc for each interview that I do, but then I like to have a spreadsheet so that I can see, you know, if there's yes, no's, I can come up with the actual stack of the number of yeses versus no's. And then the open-ended questions, are there trends? And then based on that, I, I create a PowerPoint and I, again, just kind of do the trends, kind of the synopsis, the summary of all of the interviews that I've done. And, and you sort of went to where I would have, I was going to go is it's, it's about in a way trying to make the qualitative quantitative or the subjective objective is 
where can you start looking at those trends? And I like to pull, what, what I was gonna say is I like to pull out quotes from my transcripts and use them as representative type stuff. And so I'll find one good quote and that becomes the affinity map that I'll put a whole bunch of other people under, right? As I bring stuff together, which that makes it more real for the people who are the audience for it because it's, I can point to a quote from a specific customer. I'm not gonna tell them who that customer was because then they're just gonna look at that one customer as the persona. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one with market segmentation I like to do is I really challenge people to ask, like, even themselves, what are you willing to pay more money for, right? If you don't segment on anything that is about motivations and needs and desires and value, you're basically going to be a have to compete as a low price player. So understanding what people are willing to pay more for and start building that into their segmentation. Rob Barkman. I agree with every uh, thing. I, I like your last comments there. Um, I use the personas, uh, again, to drive the market segments uh, more times than not. I, I do say on the interviews, I heard a, a funny um, thing that as a, as a younger person would thought of. This individual, um, he said, you know, when I'm doing interviews, I'm also documenting the questions down, but I'm also making emojis, which I would have never thought about, of the reaction on Zoom or in person of what the reaction was to see, you know, um, to, to try to add a different dimension to that. So I can't take credit for that approach, but I just thought that was a really good insight to say, not only are you getting kind of the, you know, the answer, but you're also getting the, the how the answer was presented, the context of the answer that mm. was presented, right? So it's just not the verbiage. So he literally has his questionnaire and then he has some emojis off to the side that he's putting down there. And yes, like a perfect, you know, 20 year old something, you know, would say, yes, let's use emojis. Where unfortunately <laughs> my age would not use emojis. <laughs> Wait, but, do they have to well, draw the emojis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was drawing the emojis is what he said. But as soon as I thought of it, I was like, oh man, that's an awesome tool. Let's build that tool, you know, just so you can, you know, <laughs> touch screen, right? You, you type up and then on the touch screen, you're hitting the emojis in or something like that. So, um, so anyway, but um but yeah, I, I think it, it's definitely taking that information and, and then driving it in towards the, the market segmentation and build, building it out from there. Um, I love so. that. I, you got me thinking about pains and gains in a value prop canvas and how that, you know, right. how right. they react. You can give them on a scale of one to five, you know, frowny right. faces of how big the pain yeah. was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. so that was great. I, Emojis. I never thought that emojis would have been an answer on topic of the week. Yeah. I, <laughs> All the reason to be on Clubhouse. That's where I heard it. <laughs> Clubhouse. Yes. All right. We're going to go to our lightning round. And, you know, we just talked about uh, our best approach. This is now quick advice, right? What's your advice to a product manager who's struggling? Uh, I'm going to get it out of there. The answer cannot be go do interviews. We all said that. That's, you know, that's the yes and we're starting from. Uh, but what's your quick advice? You know, if somebody's struggling in your team, you're consulting with, what's your quick advice to help them uh, do get, get through that struggling? I'm going to start with Rob Barkman. It's research the, you know, the market you're in, right? If you're in the financial segment, wealth, you need to understand what the processes are and what those, uh, you know, value props are that are offering. So understand that uh, if you're struggling to get started on something. Start um, with understanding their domain, uh, their yep. domain not just the yep. prior research, but to understand that type of stuff. Awesome. Right. Joy. 
uh, I guess I'll say, so we're starting with interviews and then we said uh, domain. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll go with competition. Competition. I, I love that because that can frame how you, you target stuff. Jason. Uh, let's see, not to reinvent the wheel. I mean, there's uh, templates and questions out there that can get you started as far as what to look for in order to get those personas and market segments built out. I love that. And Steve better not go, come with my answer because mine answer is still here. Steve. <laughs> well, I'd like, uh, you know, I like all of the answers and, you know, it's really crippling at the beginning to say, you know, I'm not allowed to do, you know, interviews, but um, <laughs> I'll go this way. I think if, if I have to rely on other people's opinions or other people's experiences, the ones I would value the most would be customer support rather than sales. Mm. Mm. So, nice. so in, in that culture where sales won't let you get to the customers or executives don't value it, that's why I said, let's take primary research out of there because a lot of the people are dealing with that culture. That's a great idea is, okay, go to customer support to better understand them. Yeah. All of these are great answers. As always, I learned so much. Mine was going to be start with your differentiation, right? Put your differentiation, what your, your capability. So it's a little close to joy with competition. Joy was competition, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. It's, it's a sort of a, a sister to that one because it's, it's like if you understand what companies value, what your customers value in you, that can help you start building that persona or segment that is focused on that value uh, on your differentiation. So that would be my answer for that. <clears throat> With that said, I'd like to thank you all for a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Calvin had to leave a little earlier. Rob, Joy, Jason, Steve, thank you for a, another conversation where I changed my opinion based on things that brought, people brought in. And that's what it's really about, right? We're not coming in here with a black and white opinion and telling you, that's it, suck it. We're really... <laughs> <laughs> having a conversation and, and, you know, I'm evolving my way I think about stuff. Even Steve, I think, evolved his way he thought about stuff on this call. So you guys know how it works. Monday, the question goes in the community. Rob now knows what to think about each week. Calvin knows what to put a little heart on. <laughs> we do the poll on Wednesday, and we have these wonderfully, powerfully engaging calls that I learn on on the Friday. So Thanks to everybody. Everybody have a great weekend and we'll see you guys next week in the community and hopefully on the call. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Have a great Thanks for listening to the Business of Product Topic of the Week brought to you by Product Growth Leaders. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. And for more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversation, Go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.